0: Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. they are good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. I want to welcome all of you to Mosaic Church. Obviously, I'm not here physically, but I am here In heart, I want to welcome all of you watching online as well as those of you watching right here in the auditorium. If you would stand with me, we're going to do our Bible confession say, This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, Amen. We all can be seated. Again, welcome all of you watching online. Susan and I are taking some time uh, getting ready for the new year. And as individuals, maybe even in your business, it's going to be a critical series this month entitled Vision 2020. What are you believing God for this year? Uh, And I want to totally wipe out all the past years and measuring anything by the past. This is a new year, it's a new day, and we need to have vision for this year. One man said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So ask yourself the question, who am I spending time with? Are they making me better? Because I'm just the average of that group of people. So if that group of people are nines and tens in their attitudes, their hope, and their vision, you're in good company but if you're a five and you got two people that are ones and twos and two that are nines and tens, you're just the average. You're right there in the middle. And I want to challenge you this year to dream big and be with the right people who make you better. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, if you'll turn there, it says where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. One translation says, without a vision, my people perish. In other words, I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know where I'm going. How many times do you get in the car and just get in and say, I don't know where I'm going, but we're going somewhere. You don't know where you're going. You, don't, you won't know when you arrived because you had no plan when you got in the car. We need to have a plan of where we're going. Does your revelation or your vision mean enough to you to silence the voices of negativity in your head, the critics in your life, or the doubt in your ability? In other words, if I'm not strongly passionate about what I'm believing for, then the voices in my head, you can't do it. Our family never has anything good. We grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. All of those voices that try to tell you, you're not good enough. Our family's never going to be good enough. We can never make it. Or if you listen to the voices outside your head, the critics that say, you didn't make good enough grades. You're not a smart enough individual. You're not talented enough. You don't look the part. And you hear all of those things, you will quit If you don't have your vision solidly written down and solid in your heart, you will never live it out. I want to challenge you during this series and during this month to begin thinking about what you want in your life, what you need for your family, the dreams that have been dormant. I want those to come to life again. It's time for you to start dreaming, and there's no time like the present. In Psalm 119, 18, it says, Open my eyes so I can see what you show me of your miracle wonders. Your eyes may be opened physically, but I would guess that many people's spiritual eyes are closed, that we're asleep, we're slumbering, we're not thinking, we're not dreaming, we're not seeing things that we used to see, that we dreamed about when we were young. Maybe you've made a lot of mistakes. Maybe you've been through divorce after divorce. Maybe you've been fired from numerous jobs, and maybe you've failed numerous times, and you are basing your future on your past. You're not the same person today that you were yesterday. You might think you are, but today is a new day filled with new hope and new vision and new life. You can come up out of the ashes, if you will, and God will raise you up if you are willing to be raised up. You say, what's that going to take? What's that look like? Keep an open heart doing what's in His If you close your heart to the things of God, it prevents God from doing what's in his heart to do for you. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Have you asked yourself the question, what am I thinking in my heart? What am I believing? Can I, in fact, do all things through Christ who strengthens me? I remember thinking when God called me to preach I thought, I can't do this. Nobody in my family's ever done anything like this. It scared me. I was in a church that I thought, if I stand up and I misquote a scripture, or I, you know, I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to be ashamed. And I began to play all these things out in my mind, in my heart, thinking, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to forget uh, the books of the Bible. And I don't want to forget. But when you stand up and preach, but it was God's dream for me and it was in my heart. But I didn't see it. I didn't have an open mind. I didn't have an open heart. And then one day I realized the greatest place for us to be in our life is in the will of God. So it was imperative that I do the will of God. After all, the Bible says the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. The eyes see only what the mind is prepared to comprehend. In other words, before you see what God has for you, you have to realize you have the mind of Christ and that you have to prepare in your thinking before you see with your eyes. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 8, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces... And with two, they covered their feet, and with two, they were flying. Can you imagine this moment that Isaiah is having? God had a plan for him before he was ever born. In his mother's womb and in your mother's womb, God's plan was growing in you while you were growing in the womb. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the king the Lord Almighty. Isaiah was willing to stay in this moment. And if you can just for a moment take yourself where he was and imagine how profound and frightening this moment might be. All of a sudden he's seeing things he's never seen. He's hearing things he's never heard. He's experiencing things he's never experienced. This is a glorious moment for those of us who are reading it. We're thinking, hey, in modern day terminology, it'd be like, horrific, it would be like a horror movie thinking, oh my gosh, I got these creatures flying around. But God was getting his attention and saying, Isaiah, I have a plan and a vision that I want you to see. God saw before you were ever a thought in your mom and dad's eye. God had a plan for your life. He had a vision for you, and now God wants you to possess that vis- that vision and progress with it. Then one of the Sarahs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then... I heard the voice of the Lord saying, after all of this experience, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. When you know that you know God's vision for your life and that you know that you're not going to have to go it alone, that you have surrendered your life and your will to him, then and only then will we have the confidence to carry out His vision. One man wrote, men are anxious to improve their circumstances, but are unwilling to improve themselves. They therefore remain bound. You say, where does it begin? By being willing to improve in our lives. Being willing to change so that God can do the things in us and through us that He has planned for us. We don't usually see what we're not looking for. So let me ask you, what are you looking for in 2020? What does this year hold for you? What are you looking for? What are you believing for? And then third question is, what are you willing to do to make those things come to pass? What are you willing to do? Change in us is a must if we hope to have change outside of us. Arnold Burnett said, Bennett said, any change, even a change for the better, is always accompanied by drawbacks and discomforts. I didn't say it would be easy. The dream that you might possess right now seems bigger than your capacity. Put it in you to inspire you. Secondly, keep a positive outlook and a positive attitude. Keep a positive outlook and a positive attitude. There will be difficult days. There may even be bad days as you prepare for 2020, as you plan and you write down the vision for what you're dreaming of. My dream for Mosaic is 2,000 people. And you say, well, that's not big enough. It's a great start. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. I am believing God this year that we will touch more people, reach more people, help more people, motivate more people than we've done in the last three and a half years since we've been a church. I'm beginning to dream big. I'm writing things down. I'm preparing for 2020 because I know that God is increasing our capacity. And the reason is, is because we are believing for it. We're looking for it. We have a positive outlook and a positive attitude. One person said, the future belongs to those who learn more skills and combine them in creative ways. Repetition is the mother of learning, and we're continually learning. And as we learn, we're becoming more able and more capable. Say what say what doesn't feel comfortable to your carnal mind. Declare things that you have in you. When you get confident enough, declare them to the people around you, but you first have to declare them to yourself. When I pray and when I'm alone, I declare things that I believe God has for me. I say them out loud. I'm not quiet about them. I don't share them with everybody, but I share them with myself, and in saying them, I begin to believe them. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.13, it is written, I believed, therefore believed. I have spoken with that same spirit of faith. We also believe and therefore speak with the same spirit of faith. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. Nothing's impossible with God. All things are possible possible. Just a few examples. The children of Israel would have never crossed the Red Sea without taking the first step. They were a part of the miracle. God parted the sea, but what if they would have said, man, that's scary. We got walls of water on both sides, but then they look and the ground underneath the water is dry. It's not mushy. It's not mud. God had prepared a way for them, even revealed to them that now they had to take the first step. Some of you will dream big, and you'll even write things down, but I want to challenge you to take that first step. You are a part of the miracle before you. You are a part of the miracle within you. You are a part of the miracle around you. The Jordan would not have backed up without the priest taking the first step with the Ark of the Covenant, and stepping in to the Jordan at flood stage. I think it's interesting that it wasn't just the regular level, but that it was at flood stage. They had to have a vision for what was on the other side. You have to have a vision for what's on the other side of your obedience. You have to believe that if God is for you, who can be against you? Hopefully you'll dream big enough that it will scare you. You'll dream big enough that it will bring out the critics to challenge the dream. It's okay. The Bible says iron sharpens iron as one man sharpening another sharpens another. When someone's critical of you, don't get mad at them. Just realize that God is using them to sharpen the dream in you to challenge you, to rise above the criticism, to rise above the doubt. David would never have experienced a giant miracle against a giant without practicing in the wilderness before going out to face Goliath. His steps... His confidence, his faith, his preparation was all a part of a story that we talk about and it's been talked about now for thousands of years. We applaud David. We love David. We love the story. Realize that there is a David inside every one of us. There is a dream, there's a purpose that not only affects us but affects the lives of the people around us and our families for generations to come, our choice To rise up and obey God has an impact far beyond us, years beyond us, generations beyond us. And there is a David inside you. You have to stay positive. You have to to stay uh, on top of things and say, I refuse to get negative. I refuse to be fearful. I refuse to doubt. Peter would have never walked on water without taking the first step out of the boat. His miracle depended on him. You say, well, what's the big deal? We're still talking about it today. We're still talking about one man getting out of a boat while other cowards stayed in. Can you imagine what happened to the others who were watching him? Changed their life forever. and still changes our life, realizing nothing is impossible with God. What about the woman with the issue of blood? She kept a positive outlook. She'd spent all the wealth she had trying to get well. But she maintained an open heart, open mind, positive attitude, positive outlook that all things were possible. And she'd heard about Jesus. And she had a plan. She had a dream. She had a vision that she would be well. She would be whole. That dream and that vision motivated her to take a step and to fight through the crowd to get to the Son of God, the miracle worker, the one that had done miracles for others, and she determined, if he did it for them, he'll do it for me. Let me tell you, if you look around and you have a brother or a brother-in-law, a sister, a sister-in-law, a friend, a relative, a neighbor that's been successful, and you have envied them for years and you have been jealous, stop the envy and stop the jealousy and realize, this is my year. I have challenged. I'm going to take that step. And that precious little woman that was bleeding out, her days were numbered. It appeared as though she would never be well and she would eventually die an early death because this bleeding would not stop. But she pressed through the crowd. The Bible says that Jesus asked the question, who touched me? The disciples were mystified. How could he possibly know? People are bumping up against him. But this woman was different. She had a dream. She had faith. She had vision. She wasn't just trying to get close to Jesus because he was popular. She was trying to get close to Jesus because she needed to be made whole. And the miracle was in her as well as him. She had to take the first step to fight through the crowds. And Jesus felt the release of power because she had pulled on him with her faith. It's time for you to pull on Jesus. He has a miracle for you. You need to dream big dreams in 2020. You need to have great faith. And then lastly, look for what's best, not what's easiest. Most people quit because it's not easy. Sometimes living the dream and fighting for the vision, you have to fight through things and you have to jump over things and you have to, you have to, you have to fight for what it is that God's put in you. Just like the woman with the issue of blood had fight through the crowd. Just like the priest who said, Why do we have to go stand in the Jordan? It's at flood stage. We might be swept away. Look for what's best, not what's easiest. What was best for Israel was that they got on the other side in order to get to the promise of God. It was called their promised land. There is a promised land for you. There is a promised future for you. There is a hope and a future for you. And God's going to see to it, if you're willing to walk to it, that that dream and that vision will come to pass. As Mosaic Church, we need to realize This is our hour. This is our year. This is our day. This is our moment, and we will not quit. We will fight through. We're not doing what's easiest. We're going to do what's best, and there are people in this city that need to experience big picture that he's putting together to show his redemption, his love for a fallen people, and quite frankly, everybody is fallen. We have all fallen short of God's glory. We've all sinned. But God is painting a picture and putting together a portrait, this piece by piece. When you come to Mosaic, you become a part of the piece of the puzzle that makes up the whole picture that God has for his house. Moses had to think about what was best for Israel, not what was easiest for him. Moses was wanted for murder in Egypt. God visits him in a burning bush and tells him, you go back to the place where you're wanted can you imagine just bring that into modern day if you're you're from dallas and you're wanted in dallas texas for a crime that you committed you're thinking man i'm never going to cross the texas border again which most of us don't want to anyway but anyway that's a different story and so you you're thinking man there's no way i'm going back to dallas i'm wanted i'm on every post office wall in dallas texas in the metro area millions of people i'm not going back there but god said you know what this is not just about you, Moses. This is not just about the preservation of your individual life. This is about the preservation of my people. And if you don't go back, they will remain captive, and they will be beaten, and they will be mistreated. You have to go back. Many people will be affected by you, by me, by others who individually say, I'm going to do what God tells me, even if it's difficult, because. The future of others, not just my future, is waiting on my obedience to God. Go back to the place you're wanted, Moses, for murder. One person said, obstacles are seen as opportunities to people of faith and confidence. I believe the reason God showed up to Moses in a burning bush was because it was so bizarre. It was so unusual. It's burning but not being consumed. That's a strange sight to see, and often, again, we read it and we think it's cool, but it couldn't have been cool to Moses just like Isaiah's experience with God couldn't have been cool to him. In that moment, it's freaky, and then a voice comes out of the bush. You know good and well God's up to something when that happens. He may not speak to you out of a burning bush, but he's speaking to your heart right now. You know that God has a plan for your life, and you put it on a shelf because others criticized you and said, you cannot do that. You've been divorced too many times. You've failed too many times. You have a criminal record, and you've heard it. You've, you've defaulted on loans. You've been a poor steward of money, and, and others will remind you of that. But let me say this to you. God will never remind you of your past, but he will always remind you of your future. It is time for you to have a vision that cannot be and will not be taken away and that you will not quit on. Excuses are the offspring for people who don't want to change or challenge or transition or take the difficult route. I challenge us with Vision 2020 here at Mosaic, let's dream big dreams, let's do our part. This church right now may just look like a church to you, but this this church represents a future for many people that will come after us. We're not just building a church for us for 2020. We're building it for 2025 and 2030, and what we do today will affect the generation to come. Let's not forget that. Successful people know that in order to accomplish their goals, they will have to say no to certain tasks, activities and demands from their friends their families and their colleagues the challenge is we're saying yes to things that have nothing to do with our dreams and that will not build our dreams there are times you're going to have to say no i'm too busy i can't do that i've got a dream i've got a vision And you'll have to make a choice. You can't say the price is too high, the drive is too far. It's always been a mystery to me how people who drive five days a week, they'll drive 30 to 45 minutes to a job, but they can't drive 35 minutes to the church God's told them to be in. They can't drive 25 minutes to a a person that's hurting that God said go help them. They can't take 15 minutes to go help somebody move. Sometimes we'll have to say no to things that seem easy and fun, in order to get to the vision and do the things that God's called us to do, that will make an eternal impact on other people's lives, this is why we must begin with the end in mind. What do you want the end of 20? I heard the voice of God. I didn't run from. It. I saw the plan of God, and I stepped into it, and I walked toward it. I didn't run from it. I heard the critics. I had moments of doubt. There were times I was tired. It was hard to believe, but my children are waiting on my response both to my failures and my successes, and they're watching, as are your children, as are other people, as are your neighbors, as are your co-workers. They're not expecting you to be perfect, but what they are expecting is that if you are a person of faith, that you will not give up and you will not quit. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you never give up on us. You never give out, that your faith is never exhausted, your love never fails, your grace overshadows our sin, your mercies are new every morning. And so, God, in 2020, we're going to lay out plans, visions, and dreams that will glorify you, that will bless us, and that will affect generations to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Now what I want to do is I want to give those of you an opportunity that may have never accepted Christ or maybe you've walked away from God and you've been beating yourself up and beating yourself down long enough. And so I want to pray a prayer to give all of you an opportunity to receive Christ who have not received him, those of you that have walked away from him to recommit your life to him. So pray this prayer with me if you would. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to do something very significant before Pastor Mark comes up. I want you to do something very important right now. I want you to text the word saved to 405 500 1310. Text the word saved to 405 500 1310. Thirteen ten. As I said in the beginning, I wish you the happiest of New Year. Uh, New Year's. Susan and I will be physically back in Oklahoma City next week, and we cannot wait to continue this series. God bless you. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church, OKC, next week at 9 30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online god bless you